What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this Overplug Podcast, where we get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help, you can reach out to my personal line. It is 203-917-8862. That is 203-917-8862. So what I want to talk about today is very simple, and it is the it's a tool that you can utilize in order to, to help yourself diagnose why it is maybe that you're feeling down, maybe why you want to use. This is something that really helped me big time in early recovery. Uh, and the acronym, the, the word is HALT, and that is hungry, angry, lonely, tired. That's what it stands for. So the point is, if you're going through a difficult uh, um, if you're having a difficult day, you're having cravings to use, and you are trying to figure out why, you're trying to pretty much diagnose what it is that's going on underneath the surface, this is a good tool to utilize that. And so the first thing, the first thing I, uh, obviously the H is hunger, hungry. A lot of times we make really poor decisions when we're hungry. And it sounds, it's oversimplification, and it's, but it's just the truth. When we're hungry, we're not focused on what we need to. It's easy to get, it's easy to get angry. Other emotions come with it. We get cranky. We don't make correct judgment. We get all out of sorts. And everybody deals with hunger differently. But I know for myself, when I'm hungry, uh, you know, I can definitely be a cranky SOB. Um, I'm not always someone that you necessarily want to be around if I'm hungry and I can't get around and I can't get something in my stomach. You know, it's obviously it's an essential need as a human being. So we tend to make poor judgments and a lot of times cravings aren't really coming from a place that we want to use drugs is because we're not comfortable with how we're feeling. So if you're hungry, which is an essential need, of course, as a human being, we're not going to like how that feels a lot of time. And if you're in early recovery and you're going through other situations in life and you're just in a place that isn't good, you're not, me- you're not mentally in a positive state, then hunger can actually, get, can actually give you cravings for drugs and alcohol if you're not in the right mindset and you're not really aware of what's going on. Now, I'm not telling you every time that you get hungry you're going to want to use. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. But it's a good it's a good way to take a step back and get some food in your stomach. You know, if you realize that you're having cravings, you take a step back, you get some food in your stomach, you think about a certain situation differently when you're full or when you're at least not in a hungered state. And you can think about things from a better place. So hunger is the first step here. Now, the A, anger, is a big one. Hungry, angry. A, this is the biggest one. Because resentment and anger and fear take most people out. When a relapse occurs, a lot of times... Anger and resentment is is really the fuel to the fire that makes us go out there. And I I know for myself, I struggled massively with anger. Anger was a big problem for me when I was, even before I ever picked up. I mean, even when I was a kid, I was just a very 
I internalized things. I was very angry and I didn't know really how to deal with it. I didn't know how to handle anger in the proper way. And what is really underneath anger is fear because there's something that we're fearing. And this is a really helpful tool to understand this. Um, when we're angry about something, you got to look at, you got to ask yourself, what is it that I'm fearing in this situation? And what it boils down to is we're either fearing losing something that we have or not getting something that we desire. So think about it. Where do people have the most angered situations, right? In relationships. And then it could even be something like as simple as driving down the highway on the way to work. And think about it. Think about both of those situations right there. Two completely different situations. Obviously, relationships are very dynamic and there's a lot of emotion involved in that. But typically, what causes anger, what causes arguments with people, and it's that underlying fear of not getting what you want or losing what you already have. And a lot of times, both things are in play when you're dealing with relationship issues. Uh, and of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not, there's a lot of intricacies to uh, relationships and a lot of things going on there, but. Anger is a, is a big factor in relapse because it is triggered by emotions that we're really attached to. We get angry over things that a lot of times that we love. And, you know, think about it on the flip side that I was talking about going to work, you know, getting really angry on your way to, on your way to work and cursing at the person who is going too slow, whatever the case may be really what's going on is people are fearing not getting to work on time, stressing, going into the future, worrying about losing their job potentially. My boss is going to be pissed. I'm going to start this week off on the wrong foot again, you know, and we get into this fear state that really triggers a lot of anger because what's actually happening is we're worried about losing our job. <laughs> that that's what's going on. People are worried about their livelihood. It has nothing to do with the traffic. It has nothing to do with the person who's going, you know, 10, 5, 10 miles an hour too slow in the left lane. Now, of course, it's annoying as hell, but really what's going on is that we're worried about losing something that is really important to us, and we don't even know it at the time. We're just so reactionary, and we don't, we, we feed off of our emotion subconsciously. So this is happening all the time. This is happening in, in recovery, in everyday life. We're reactionary to our emotions and we're not understanding why they're happening. So, but anger is a big one. When, when we're angry, we don't make the correct choices. We don't think clearly. And what I used to get, I used to call them the fuckets. When I would get angry, I would just go from zero to, to 100 real fast. I would just say, fuck it. Because you get to a place where you justify poor decisions so quickly. When you see red and you just go, and you just go forward. You just go forward with making poor choices without talking to anybody, without running any of your decision making by other people who really want to see you do better, you just don't care in that moment. And that's a bad place to be. It's not a responsible place to be. And no positive acts are or no positive results are going to come out of those actions. So 
anger is a is a really big one. If you struggle with anger, you really have to take it seriously. You have to take a step back because it will land you in trouble. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And when we're talking about addiction, it's life and death. You know what I mean? Like you can't act like an emotional five-year-old, throw a temper tantrum, and then throw your fucking sobriety away because you didn't get your way or because someone else controlled your emotions and got you mad. Think about how ridiculous that is. Like honestly, take a step back as an adult, as a human being, and understand that if other people are emotionally manipulating you, it's, it's a reflection of you. It's not actually a reflection of them. Now, it doesn't mean that people can't be assholes and, you know, act in manners that aren't acceptable. I'm not telling you to accept behaviors that aren't healthy for you, and we have to have strong boundaries. But if you truly take a step back and look at it from a stoic point and understand that the person who controls you emotionally or the person who angers you, they control you emotionally. And as a, as a person in recovery, honestly, just even if you don't struggle with addiction, that's not acceptable. You cannot allow others to, to emotionally manipulate you and control you upon their actions. We cannot control other people's actions. We cannot, uh, no matter how much we want people to behave and how people to act, everybody has free will. And you have to have that understanding. And there comes a point where if people are toxic to you, you have to put up those boundaries because you, you cannot walk around on your daily process pissed off throughout the day. You're, you will use, I guarantee it. If you walk around angry and upset all day, you're eventually going to wonder why you got sober to begin with because the emotions that you're feeling aren't positive. <laughs> They're not exactly uplifting. And you, and you get to a point where you're like, wait, why am I even sober? You know? The, the times that I either relapsed before I got sober this last time or the times where I was very close in my recovery this time and in, in my sobriety here when I started in April of 2013, they were, they were all fueled by anger. It was, at the, at the, it was at the basis of what was actually going on. So anger is a big one. Now, the third one is lonely. This is another big one. This is huge. This is the whole premise of getting sober is to get connected with other people. It is not to go wandering around life and being alone and isolated, especially in early recovery because our mindset is not anywhere close to where we need it to be. Our mindset is like our biggest enemy. Seriously, you got to look at your mind as a bad neighborhood that you can't walk around alone in. That's essentially what you got to, you really do have to question everything that you think about when you're in early recovery or if you're just trying to get clean and starting over. You, you got to be, you got to take your own thinking with a grain of salt. Even if you think something's a great idea, run it by other people, run it by people in sobriety run it by a coach, you know, I either go to AA meetings and NA meetings or other support groups like Smart Recovery where you're talking with people that have an established time and have been through obstacles in their sobriety. There's so much importance and significance in that and learn from them, you know. If you don't like support groups like that, hire a recovery coach, you know. 
contact me. Um, but you got to do something because your own thinking in the beginning is not is not a healthy, it's not fertile ground. You got to look at your mind as it's fertile ground for either poor decision making or healthy decision making depending on our mindset and our environment that we're in. And we're just not equipped in the beginning to truly trust our, our thought process. And let me give you an example. How many times have you been in a situation where you just came off a really bad week-long, month-long bender, whatever the case may be, and you said, well, I'm never going to do that again. I mean it. You know, you tell people that I'm going to stay sober this time, and I have no, I have no urges or desires to go back out and use. I'm serious. And, and then literally a couple hours go by, a day goes by, a week goes by, and all of a sudden you start to think differently you start to justify and you forget about the amount of shit and the amount of consequences you just felt a week or earlier or a couple of days earlier, whatever the case may be. And you start to justify how using this time isn't that big of a deal. I won't do the same things that I did last time. It'll be different. You know, it'll, this will just be, this will be my last hurrah and then I'll get sober. Oh, it's a Tuesday afternoon and work is really stressful. I can't, I can't start today. Tomorrow will be the right time. Blah, blah, blah. That is where your thinking will lead you. When you're not in a healthy mindset, when you don't have some time underneath your belt, and when you don't, haven't navigated through a little bit of turmoil and recovery because life throws shit our way. There's no way around that. So if you're lonely and isolated to your own thinking and are depending solely on that, I really, I highly, highly suggest you rethink that. <laughs> and this is coming from someone who's had some time, you know. Um, being lonely is, it's, we need as human beings, we need our tribe. We need the people, we need a certain system I don't want to say system. We just need to, to feel like we are a part of something. I mean, we need that as human beings. We are social creatures. We are, we are social animals. We do well in packs. We do not do well on our own. Now, even introverts, people that aren't necessarily outgoing and, and excited to be around people and have a little bit of social anxiety, they need people too. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, I think there was a, I mean, I heard, I don't, don't quote me on this. I don't want to, I don't want to say matter of fact. <laughs> I, re, I, I pull back on that statement, but I, I believe, I remember hearing about a, a study or something like that or, or some type of, you know, I forget exactly where I heard it. But anyway, the premise of what I'm trying to say is that like if a baby doesn't have contact with their mother within the first like, like weak or something, they'll die, which I don't know how true that is. But if you think about that, if that is in fact uh, true, just think about the importance of human connection and love. That's really what we're all after. We're all after love, whether you want to think so or not. And I'm not saying you need to be in a love, like a relationship type of love. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm necessarily saying. Not with a, not with a spouse. But we need love and connection with people. 
This is when recovery thrives the most, when we are unified with others. You want to know why? Because addiction thrives in isolation. Addiction thrives when we feel like we are reject, you know, when we feel rejected from the world, when we feel like we are not a part of something. The alcohol, the drugs become our comfort. They become the solution to our loneliness. It becomes the friend that we had been searching for without the external vice. We are really looking for that internal connection with other people and, and of course ourselves too. You know, it has to come from, we're really looking for self-love as well, but it's all one and the same. We're really looking to be connected on a spiritual level that's bigger, that's bigger than us. You know, like when you have a connection, a soul to soul, true friendship or a true relationship, or you have a great relationship with your family, there, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like having people that you can truly count on. And you can find that in recovery. I have found some of the most amazing people and developed some of the most amazing relationships in recovery. So this is a must, guys. And I'm not saying you need to have a million friends. You need to tell everybody your business. You don't need to tell the world that you're an addict. But you do need to do something. You do need to get connected with people. Hire a coach like myself. You can give me a shout, 203-917-8862. Or like I said, get plugged into meetings. Or a lot of times we need treatment too. Like that's an obvious one. If you're struggling with fentanyl and you're you're struggling with alcohol and you're going through withdrawals, you're you're not going to get through that alone. The, The chances are stacked highly against you. You know, so we get connected to people that have been there and all of a sudden we have a different mindset. We have a different belief system. We have faith that this is actually the right thing to do. But when we're alone, we convince ourselves that it's not, that it's not the right time. It has to wait. <laughs> you know, that's my favorite. I, I got to wait until next week. You know, there's just too much shit going on in life. I'm like, yeah, yeah welcome to life, bro. There's always, there's always going to be shit going on. There's never going to be the perfect time to make, to make a difficult decision on self. Discipline will never be exciting. And, and recovery is certainly a discipline because we have to unlearn the negative behaviors that we, you know, have been relying on for so long. So... And the last one is tired, which is clear, which is an obvious one as well. You know, when when we're tired, it's it's almost like the hungry, the the H, in this phrase, is we just don't make good decisions when we're tired. You know, we need human being, we need sleep as human beings, and we need to be operating on all cylinders. And when we're just not there mentally, we're emotionally tired, we're drained, whatever the case is. We don't make healthy decisions for ourselves. So take a step back and real and, and sometimes when you get cravings, you say, Am I am I tired? Do I just need to like go to sleep? Do I just need to like turn the day over? Can I take a nap? Like, can I just find a place where I'm relaxed or at least get some meditation in something where I'm not in this fog? That's almost what it feels like when uh, when you're tired and you don't have enough sleep. Sleep is a big part of what I, what I talk about with clients too. We have to be on point with our sleep because honestly, when our sleep is off, we're just not, we're not going to make healthy decisions for ourselves. We're going to get in predicaments that we don't necessarily want to be in. 
our judgment is off. And this is a big this is a big trigger for people when you're going through withdrawals too. I mean, the the insomnia is just unbearable. I'll never forget the feeling of going through withdrawals and not being able to sleep for four days straight. That was, I mean, I'll never forget it. I was like delirious and I was so exhausted and I just could not, I just could not find a way to get sleep. You know what I mean? I was mentally and, and even physically just tired, but man, I, I couldn't, I couldn't shut my eyes and, and keep them closed for the night. You know what I mean? I just, I literally did not get any sleep. So that was brutal. And so bringing it back to recovery, when we are not in a restful place, we really have to take a look at that. You really have to look at your sleeping patterns. Are you staying up too late? Are you, um, are you scrolling on your phone endlessly through the night? And before you know it, it's 1.30 a.m. And now you have work, you have to be up for work in, in five or six hours, whatever the case may be for you. This is important, guys. These are the things that we need to take care of. You know, we, need, we have to really take our mind, body, and soul seriously. And so walking around tired all day is not going to do you any favors. We have to, have to really start to take our self-care seriously. And the best way to get to get tired in a healthy way. I mean, the point of we're supposed to be tired at the end of the day, you know, we're supposed to get, be able to get some sleep. And, and that is through making really healthy use of our day, like really being productive, really getting after it, working hard at our job, whatever that may be, um, working out, exerting energy in the gym, making sure that we're having a clean diet. Our diet is definitely going to play a part in in our sleep schedule too, no doubt about it. Do a little bit of research on that. If you do struggle with, uh, if you if you feel tired all the time and you know you can't really figure out what's going on, look into the connection between your diet and your energy levels and walking around being tired all day. Very very important connection there. So so listen, guys. This is uh, again. This was halt hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And the point is when you are feeling like you have cravings, when you feel like using, take a step back, remove yourself from the situation and ask yourself, is it one of these three things that are going on? And if it is, what can you do about it in that moment? How can you plan around it? If you're, if you're hungry, get some food in your system, you know, (laughs) like be a grown up, get some food in you, Take a little 20 minute break from work, whatever the case may be, whatever, wherever you're at, don't try to have a lot of interactions or make important decisions if you're in a, uh, a hungry, angry, lonely, or tired state. So um, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you guys crush it on this Friday. I, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a beautiful day. And... Uh, I just, you know, I want the best for everybody, man. I'm sending everybody love, peace, happiness, and contentment. And that's what that's what sobriety is about. You got to love your life. You got to enjoy your process. And uh, I want it so badly for everybody else, you know. Like, it takes work, man. It takes work, and so does everything in life. You know what I mean? And if you feel lost, if you feel like you really just don't know 
what you're what you're doing in sobriety or if it's worth it or if you're just struggling you you feel like maybe even I have a year or two sober and you're you're not fulfilled like you're just not in that mindset that you need to be you're not excited about life I'm telling you it exists a <laughs> good lit a good a good life for you exists in recovery you know what I mean drugs and alcohol will not give you anything any type of fulfillment but the working on self and creating a cultivating a mindset that is unstoppable and unbreakable and where you can achieve things is so fucking real you know this isn't like fluffy fluffy nice nice stuff that i just say to say i I, i've truly i live it on a daily basis and i've been in the depths of hell in in recovery and in my addiction i've been in really bad places in my recovery you know what I mean? And when I wasn't taking care of myself mentally, emotionally, physically, and, you know, and I have the roadmap that, that works, I really do. And I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but we can't go through it alone. You know what I mean? When we're, when we're early on in sobriety, we, we really do need to take guidance, just like anything else. If you want to learn how to do something, you learn from people that have been there. So that, that connection piece is very important. But much love, guys. I, uh, you know, like I said, hope everybody crushes it today, and I will see you on the next one.